0: Hello and welcome to Captain's Corner. We'd like to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for making this podcast such a success. We have a great lineup of guests for you to enjoy this season. So we ask you to share this podcast on your social media, with your friends and family, and of course, give us a like and leave a review. Hope you guys enjoy the season. This season is sponsored by Summit Marketing, Sure Construction, and WPO Development. Thank you for being such great supporters of Captain's Corner. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Matt Ayers, President of the Wesley Biblical Seminary.
1: Welcome to Captain's Corner. Captain Andy Miller coming to you from Tampa, Florida. And I am pleased to have on the podcast with me my friend, Dr. Matt Ayers, who is the President of Wesley Biblical Seminary. Matt, welcome to Captain's Corner.
2: Thank you, Dr. Andy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Our privilege. Well, I, I have to just start off. I've seen the news come from your social media. I've gotten some emails about it. People are talking about something you're doing that is absolutely crazy to me, and I don't know how you're making it work, but I see free seminary is happening this summer and fall through Wesley Biblicals, meaning that if, if somebody wants to work on a Master of Divinity degree or an MA or whatever it is, or even just take a few classes, they can come for free? Are you kidding
2: yeah, no, no strings attached. That's exactly right. And and uh, what makes this possible is that you know with COVID hitting, uh, it caused a lot of economic strife for folks. And um, one thing that, in fact, the government just didn't want to happen is for students to have to drop out of school because they can't pay their bills. They want to alleviate some of the burden right. that's come with the economic stress of COVID and folks losing their jobs. And so they made available to um, quite a number of schools, um, including seminaries, uh, grant funds to help us lighten the load. And so we're using those funds to just pay the tuition of our students because we think that's the most direct way uh, to help out our students. Wow! And so with those funds, um, anyone who takes four or more credit hours um, goes, comes to WBS entirely free. There is a, the the only asterisk is there's a technology fee uh, that comes along with that. So um, but in any case, yeah. And we've always worked really hard to make, ministry training accessible and affordable to people because we never, we we don't want money to get in the way of people to fulfill their calling and get training for ministry. And so this is just a wonderful, you know, little season here where we can be exceptional in making it affordable for folks. Wow. It's awesome.
1: So even your current students will be able to Uh, yes amazing
2: yes so not just for incoming students this is for current students as well so we have some you know some existing students have been working on their degrees for years because they have you know obviously economic restraints that they can only take so many courses at a time well a lot of them are going to pack in as many courses as they can okay uh, wow their degree which is wonderful we want we want to help them in that way so yeah returning students also uh benefit from this from this uh special thing that we're running
1: so where can they go to find out about this where can people go?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The easiest is just WBS. That's Wesley biblical seminary, B as in Bravo, S is in Susan.edu. And on that homepage, there's loads of options. You just click apply. Now you just apply and automatically, you know, you get that, that deal. So uh, simple enough. Yeah. WBS.edu. Awesome
1: well i've um, many people might know of WBS via some of the scholars who have served there and taught there um, and also served the Salvation Army uh, through the years. people like most notably who's now a, a part of the Salvation Army is Dr. Bill Urey and uh, Diane Urey both are working yes. for the Salvation Army in a full-time capacity now. But for more than 20 years, Bill served on the faculty there. Dr. John Oswalt served as a professor there and as an interim president. Uh, Dr. Ron Smith, Steve Sukalis, Sandy Richter. I could keep going on. Back in the long long time ago, Dr. Harold Spann, um, Gary Cottrell. Um, so this is a school that theologically is very connected— to the Salvation Army. And missionally, too, there's a lot of folks who are connected to Asbury University and seminary who are part of the WBS world, too. So I say that to my listeners just to get an idea for that. And even I, my grandfather was a little disappointed that I chose to go to Asbury Theological Seminary uh, it, because he wanted me to go to WBS, but it happened to me my wife was going to be a senior at Asbury, and we were getting married, and uh, that commute was not happening, Matt, I'm sorry to say.
2: Yep, yep, Sure. Sure. No, that that's a great point. And, you know, Wesley Biblical Seminary, you've named some just wonderful names, wonderful folks, and and we're still obviously in touch with these folks. A lot of them have retired and um, or are on to different seasons, different phases in life. But um, in terms of, you know, mission, uh, being complementary in our mission at WBS to the Salvation Army is that Wesley Biblical Seminary is very much an urban school here in the Deep South. And so uh, we have this missional uh, I'm not even sure if "missional" is the right word, but I think I, you know what I mean by that. But this missional aspect sure. of who we are in our in our training, yeah, and so you're not going away to um, you know a nice, quiet, uh, minimal distractions, minimal wrinkles in life sort of environment to study, and that's it. That. That has its benefits as well, but you're right. coming, you know, to the heart of Jackson, Mississippi, for those who do come and or those who are local and that, uh, come to campus, of course, our program, our programming is online as well. But, um, so yeah, a lot in common and, and more theologically, not right. just missionally. Right. So, you know, uh. A part of our institutional distinction is uh, classical Orthodox Christianity, but with an emphasis on holiness and personal piety and virtue, and the importance of holiness as a witness to the world as to who God is uh, and his grace and his kindness and his recreative power. Um, And so we believe uh, very, very strongly in this holiness message um, that living a life that looks like Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit uh, for redemptive being redemptive agents in the world is possible and available to us now. And so uh, that's that's what makes us tick. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting. I'll tell this very short story, you know, as seminaries are always looking for new new faculty members or have postings that come up. And, right. and there's a lot of PhDs out there, you know, looking for jobs right, right. now. And uh, a few years ago, before I was even here, uh, someone had applied for the post and they weren't you know of particularly the the holy, Wesleyan holiness tradition, and that's a question that we ask sure. in the interview process: is Hey, tell tell us where you are on this. This is what makes us us. We're distinct uh, in our holy, our commitment to holiness. And uh, the the applicant said, "Well, tell me more about what it is." And and huh. and then they they explained what it is, and he goes, "Yeah." His response was, "I could live with that." Oh, and uh, <laughs> and so and and that it's not necessarily altogether a bad answer, but the response of the faculty was, was fantastic. Their response was, we're not looking for faculty who can live with it. We're looking for faculty who will die for it. Amen. And that's, that's why we're here. That's why, that's how, how passionately and how much conviction we have in terms of keeping holiness as a priority. And the, Second, not secondary, but another priority that's even primary is scripture, the authority of scripture.
1: You know, when you said about dying to it, and I've heard that, I've heard that from your professors who have brought that up, the emphasis on death to self, you know, not exactly a popular theme, Matt, uh, but I remember a moment of clarity came for me while I was sitting with Dr. Dennis Kinlaw um, when I was a student at seminary myself, and I spent three hours with him and I had a tape recorded conversation. So I still have this conversation. However, well, I don't have a yeah. tape player anymore. That's another. But I have the tape. That's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. So if, right, if the right. a tape was That's old the then. But I remember sitting with him, and he said, "You know, holiness comes down to this." And and I like, okay, well, this is it. Get my pen out. I'm ready. The recorder's going. And I he said, um, "If anyone would, co- if any, if any man would come after me, let them." And I very um, unwisely tried to interrupt Dr. Kinlaw. I wanted to show him like I was with him, right? Uh, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him. And I said, oh, take up his cross and follow me. Like I, I, I jumped in and he, and, and he said, he shook his finger. I can still see it inches away from my face. As it was shaking. He said, deny himself. Take yes. up his cross yeah. and follow me. And I think that that death to self is, is a theme that we might not hear as often. And I, I hear that coming through your team. Um, and through you know the influence of the professors from Wesley Biblical and that that theme of holiness fits right in with the Salvation Army. Of course, that's our tenth article of faith is our doctrine of sanctification. But our first article of faith is on scripture and scripture's authority.
2: There it is, yeah. Which is
1: so clear. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. Because like, look, I'm not interested in uh I'm not interested in a Salvation Army or a any university or institution that doesn't really put into practice what it believes. <laughs> like like if, if you're not sure. gonna hire faculty that are going to uphold those standards like you're not being who you said you are and it's not yeah yeah sure so you if, if yes. you denied that then okay if you denied the holiness side and then you hired a great scholar who came in and who could contribute to the institution well fine but but you're saying that this is who you are and I'm going to refer people to you because yes. you, you're living yes. it out
2: yeah a couple things there uh, one is institutional integrity in terms of we know why we exist and a lot of schools and even theological schools and there's about two hundred and sixty two association of theological schools accredited schools across the nation um, you know a lot of those schools i would I would cautiously suggest that they're point of existence, why they exist is to continue existing. Mm. And that's not why we're here. We don't exist and have day-to-day operations. So, as just to prolong and continue our existence. Right. Uh, we know our institutional calling and our God-given vocation as an institution. WBS, we believe, is a vine of God's planning and He's doing something very, very unique and special uh, to WBS or through the WBS and with WBS. And so, uh, we have to re- you know, maintain that integrity and clarity on our sense of identity. This is who we are and this is why we exist. Um, Even while so many things around us are changing, you know, having been founded in 1974, it was a different context for the church or even being in the deep South is a different context than a seminary who may be in Cincinnati or California and how you approach these things. And so um, one thing uh, of all the things that have kind of come and gone and gone and changed over the years for Wesley, one thing that has never changed of our sense of why we're here um, and, and our role within the kingdom. Um, going back to, I wanted to uh, kind of respond to your comment about death to self as yeah. being not a very popular idea. And something that um, the Lord really showed me in, a years back that I've just really hung my hat on is that God cares much more about our holiness than he does our happiness. Hmm. And in fact, um, what that means oftentimes is that there's a freedom that comes with Being able to sacrifice uh, the drive to be fulfilled and happy and just pursue Him and the life of holiness and the promise of who we can become. Because when that's fulfilled, um, there is a much more substantial, um, I almost want to use the term happiness that comes along with holiness, but it's this unwavering anchored, uh, sense of being a full person, a full human through our relationship with Jesus. And, um, so anyway, God cares more about our holiness than our happiness. And I think that's what denying ourselves means. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, uh, and there's a lot of things we could say there, uh, at the same time, you know, it sounds hard and it sounds like a lot of work and it sounds like a lot of discipline um we're coming into the season of lent where a lot of people are fasting going through motions in which you're hungry and you have headaches and you know why are we doing this and what's the point of this and um but at this at the same time there's this mysterious element of an eternal rest that comes uh with no longer wrestling with the old man of the flesh right um that, that doesn't mean that temptation goes away, uh, but then when we are completely abandoned, that's kind of um, my atmosphere is highest. Uh, Os- uh, Oswald Chambers' is, is common phrase, complete and utter abandonment to the Lord, when we make that decision that I am fully His no matter what, um, that the freedom and the benefits that come as a result of that commitment much outweigh the inconveniences of daily self-denial mm-hmm. um so anyway th- th- i just wanted to share those a couple comments on.
1: yeah the- no i'm glad we could uh, go back and forth rather I-, I love to jump in on the happiness conversation but maybe we can come back later to that uh <laughs> so tell sure, us a little yeah, about yeah. you matt like uh, uh you've, ju- you've just been president at wesley for almost a year now but yeah you, you-, you didn't just graduate college so you- you've had a, a little bit of a history and a work history that's led you to this point tell us a little about what's happened for you and stacy your wife
2: Yeah, Stacy and I, we have four kids, and uh, we went from Asbury College almost uh, right away to serve as career missionaries with the One Mission Society, uh, formerly the Oriental Mission Society, or OMS, founded by Charles Kalman and Letty Kalman, who wrote Streams in the Desert out of Indianapolis, and served as career missionaries in Haiti, and uh, we worked at Emmaus Biblical Seminary at the time, and uh, during that time, rebranded to Emmaus University of Haiti. And uh, yeah, we served there for 13 years and so we started in august 2007 and came moved here to mississippi on god's calling um in 2020 And so it was an incredible journey, uh a journey that's that's ongoing in our lives Stacy's still working for the school I still have regular contact with uh friends and what we consider family there and even help out with the new president who in fact Is a wbs grad. Okay. uh, Dr. ginson charlotte. Yeah, tremendous guy. He's the man of the hour there and uh And so we went to the field, very, very young, fresh college graduates, and uh, I was teaching Biblical Hebrew and some Old Testament literature courses, inducted Bible study, and then worked on my master's here at Wesley Biblical through their online program, had made a couple trips to Jackson to fulfill those requirements. Finished the master's degree and then went on to do a PhD in Old Testament at a school in England, uh, St. John's College of Nottingham, which is an Anglican school. I chose St. John's, or St. John's chose me, not because it's Anglican, because there was an Old Testament scholar there who I uh, really wanted to work with. That's Dr. David Firth, and he specializes in psalm studies, uh, prophetic literature, and the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And I was doing work in the Psalms, and so I completed that in 2016. Wow been that long ago now um (laughs) all the while kind of being shifted around in various positions in the school in haiti went from professor to provost to president served as president for eight years and uh and we went through a just a, a real uh, growth season of growth, I guess we would say, um, and we got accreditation for the school, which is a really big win. That was kind of my goal in becoming the president was to see through the accreditation process. Right. Um, Hispaniola, which is the Dominican Republic in Haiti, is an island of 20 million people, wow. and there is not a single um, theological school that's internationally accredited, and that's that's a tragedy. Right. And so, you know, I, I kind of sense from the Holy Spirit that. You know, this is the this is the goal is to get this accreditation, and so we worked hard at that, and we got it. And to this day, um, Emmaus is the only internationally accredited theological school um, in on the island of Hispaniola of 20 million people, wow. and uh, and only one of about eight other schools in the Caribbean accredited accredited wow. by. Um, what's called CETA, that's the accrediting agency, um, Caribbean Evangelical Asso- uh, Theological Association. So that was a great journey. You know, we had our kids there, and then uh, all four of them were we born said, there. I mean,
1: born while you were serving there?
2: Uh, born while we were serving there, yeah. And our son was, in fact, born on the island. Um, so. And then, you know, tragically, uh, kind of bringing wBS back into the picture, um, former President Dr. John Nyhoff suddenly uh, passed away wow. and um, yeah, just a tragic situation there, and they began a a search for a new president and reached out to me and asked if I was interested in applying, and I said no um, <laughs> for yeah, yeah, I said no, for two reasons. One uh, was that things were going really well in Haiti, and I didn't see sense that it was time to leave and second because. Um, I just didn't know what future there was for, uh, you know, conservative Wesleyan Arminian holiness seminary in the deep South. Right. And, uh, and then, uh, a wonderful mentor of mine reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, did you hear from Wesley biblical? And I said, yeah, he said, did you say no? I said, yeah. He said, please just, just send me your paperwork in. And I said, okay, you know, you're my friend. I love and respect you. Uh, I'll do that. So I sent my paperwork in and that began a process, a discerning process and uh, mainly of prayer and over and over again, God uh, so faithfully pointed us uh, to away from Haiti and to Jackson. And so after, after months of, of interviews and visits and conversations and prayer and fasting, uh Stacy and I were both clear that this is this is where God was calling us and so um so anyway coming on board man has my perspective changed about is there a future you know for a sure. a West, a conservative wesleyan Armenian I holy a seminary in the deep south there are amazing things happening here and uh, you know I've just wrongly and and admittedly underestimated you know what God's doing and, uh, kind of thinking that the glory days of WBS were gone and that's just not true. I believe that our greatest days are, are soon ahead of us. And just seeing the fruit of the ministry now, yeah. the students that are here, the students that have graduated, um, the involvement in the churches, um, I'll tell you, Andy, the main thing is the holiness thing. Yeah. People don't know about the message. And when I share it, I, I shared some devotions this morning at a, at an evangelical ballet troupe. In fact, okay. Oh, is that, that ballet? midday? Yeah, they've it, it done a sure lot is. with the yeah, army. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've, they've performed oh, okay, several they times.
1: That, yeah. uh, they performed at uh, our territorial music institute, um, which is a not not just oh, music; wow. it's a creative arts. Um, there's a whole dance program that goes with it. And sure. I know they've done. They do a Christmas show for the Salvation Army, yeah. or they have in the past. So, like the Salvation Army yeah. is a beneficiary. It's like a professional ballet uh, studio, oh, a program.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. That's right. you. Yeah,
2: and they they do devotions. Oh, no, no, not at all. They do devotions. I love the connection. Yeah, they do devotions every day. And they said, hey, would you come and share with us? So I went this morning. It's just God is at work in so many ways. And and uh, it's just so humbling, as you know, to, to be a part of it. But when I shared the holiness message and that this is what holiness is and Um, to, to go on saying that, well, I'll just always be a sinner is to undermine the power of the cross and to say, well, Jesus, what you did there just isn't enough. Right. And, uh, and I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. And so to have the platform to share with so many people, this biblical message of holiness and victorious Christian living yeah. of a heart that is entirely consecrated to Jesus and his work inside of our lives is possible by his grace. Amen. And so to me, that would, that, that's what makes me tick. Yeah, it really awesome. does. So well,
1: let me jump back to uh, yeah. Haiti a little bit. So you got there in 2007. So you're, you're there when the uh, when the earthquake hits. Earthquake. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, yeah, that, you're 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 living awful. through all that and l- leading through that, and then um, tell me about that and like your family's experience there. I mean, I, I imagine you can't tell me it, take, it would take us three days, but tell me <laughs> a little bit about um, being being in Haiti at that time.
2: Yeah, so um, I think I would start out by saying that normally the media. Likes to uh, you know spin things to either be bigger or smaller than they are, according to their agenda right and um and that is what it is. Uh, seeing the media's coverage of the earthquake, it was worse than it even looked on the media wow. and and they they did the best they could with the tools they had. it was it was of biblical proportions where the entire city of seven million people., uh, so you're talking almost the size of New York City. you know, this is a lot of people and buildings just destroyed and i just gruesome you know it it was just a horrific horrific Two hundred fifty thousand people dead and um amazing and you know an earthquake of that size in terms of its richter measurement uh happened not long after that in one of the uh, latin american countries i can't remember which one i want to say nicaragua but i'm not certain and i think maybe a dozen people died wow and you so, said, well what well, what why the huge difference? Well, it's because Haiti is so poor, Nicaragua is poor too but and they built everything with such a sand based concrete mix that a little bit of shaking will take the thing down and wow. so um so that's why it's just it was poor that poor construction and, and and again the you know government stuff and not having proper code and construction code and all those sorts of things um so it, number one, it was. Beyond words, in terms of the epic proportions in which you know yeah. the city was leveled and people and people lost lives, um, you know it's interesting when things like that happen. the Holy Spirit kind of kicks you into gear and you just start to move and do mission and serve it's kind of like a ship is sinking you're not thinking about the tragedy you're thinking about saving lives and helping people and so one thing that we did as a se- we said, what can we do as a seminary you know there are plenty of hospitals and doctors flying in and so well, let 's send let's send a medical clinic down and because we 're in a northern city of Haitian. this is all in the, in the capital, <coughs> so we partnered with the medical uh, group and they did consultations uh, for victims and medicine and all kinds of stuff and we had a tent um, uh, of seminary students who would share the gospel face to face with every single person that was treated wow and in a, in a period of three weeks, um, nine hundred people accepted the law wow. And uh, and that was just one little site, right? This yeah. this is just incredible. And so uh, the result of that was a church plant that's still up and going and running to this day. And uh, students, uh, their stories, their testimonies of things that they witnessed, and it was just amazing. And we also opened up free seminary there for Did people you? who were oh, yeah, for, you're the free seminary yeah. guy. I'm the free seminary guy, you know, I like to remove (laughs) obstacles as much as I can to get people into the scriptures and their training anyway. So, uh, so yeah, we opened up seminary for anyone who was put out of school, uh, in Port-au-Prince and we gained a number of tremendous students from that. And, um, so yeah, that was, I think those are the highlights of it. And, um,
1: yeah, no, I appreciate you. T- yeah, I'm I, I I think- just curious, like you being on the ground there, and um, obviously you and your wife and your children speak Creole. And, um, you know, you just, it's, I imagine it's been tough being back in the United States, you know, to get acclimated. How, how has this affected your kids, like them coming to the United States? Yeah, how are
2: definitely. they doing? So it's bittersweet for all of us. So there, there's a lot of living in Haiti it is hard in a lot of ways. It's very inconvenient. You can't get things. You can't go to the store. The roads are bad. You have to produce your electricity, you know, the water situation, um, security, crime, uh, political instability, all that stuff that comes with living in a yeah. developing, uh, world country. So, um, but then again, the relationships are so wonderful and everyone lives outside in the warm weather and shares meals together. And, and, uh, and so on the one hand coming to the States, we have wonderful roads, we have electricity, we have internet, we have stores to go and buy mustard. And yeah, um, I can run to the hardware store and get the tool I need to fix the lamp at the house kind of stuff, which is always nice. Um, but relationships are never replaceable, um, right. you know, because there's no person that's the same out there I mean, part of being made in the image of god is that we're all unique yeah uh, we're all eternal we're all equal and we're all unique and so um but in any case so the relationships where we hurt the most i think too um just missing those people because you know they're such a part of your everyday life and then boom they're all gone it's not just one person gone like a death of a, lo- but like you're out of the country now wow and yeah and everyone so it feels very very lonely a lot of the times although god has put wonderful people in our lives here in mississippi that we feel like we've known forever wow and that's the way the spirit works with christian fellowship um so so yeah bittersweet uh the girls the kids uh three girls and a boy they've done a great job making friends god's got us in a wonderful neighborhood and we're facing new challenges you know as kids grow they change fast and go through different seasons and but we're trusting God's provision. It's one of those things. When we moved to Haiti, people are going, you're young. You're going to have a family. You can't raise a family in Haiti. It was a wonderful place. Huh to raise kids, you know? And so we trust that if God has us here, it's not just for me to serve at WBS. Right. But our whole, our whole, yeah, God's got a plan for every one of us here. And it's, there's no better place to be. I'm talking geographically than right in the center of God's will. I don't care if it's on Mars or if it's in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's what you got to find out and, and go after it.
1: This episode of captain's corner is sponsored by the bed and bread club. The Salvation Army Bed and Bread Club helps provide food for those who are hungry and shelter for those with nowhere else to turn. You can join for as little as $10 each month. Your reoccurring gifts will pair with those who are current members to ensure that the Bed and Bread Club can continue to be a sustainable solution to hunger and homelessness in our community. Interested? Contact the Salvation Army of Tampa at 813-226-0055 to sign up. Be a part of something greater. Join the Bed and Bread Club today. And our thanks to Summit Marketing for helping us put this plan together. God bless you. Well, I'd be curious to hear about some of the things that are happening at WBS in the future. Like, so you come in and, like a young leader, um, and I imagine that you have some vision for where you'd like to take the school. And what are some of your goals? And where do you hope in Wesley, uh, what type of institution Wesley can become?
2: Great question. Uh, And thank you for asking. I think uh, one of the main goals is for Wesley Biblical Seminary to become the seminary of choice for, um, you know, world-class, top-notch, online, conservative Wesleyan-Arminian training. So we have—it's hard to find a conservative Wesleyan Arminian seminary, uh, just to be quite frank. I mean, we we love Asbury Seminary; they're great friends, uh, and there's there's a couple of others. But most Wesleyan Arminian seminaries—I know that some listeners won't, may not know what that means—but we're typically talking about uh, Methodists, Nazareans, Wesleyans, etc. Wesley Seminary and Marion's another great school we love. Absent Joseph is a dear friend of mine, right? And uh, Chris Chris Bounds and those guys. Mine too, yeah. Um, great but. Guys but there's, there's just not that many. And so, and one of the things that, uh, we have really done well at WBS is making our training available, uh, through the internet. And we were kind of ahead of our competitors in that respect because of being in Jackson. Um, and, uh, what I mean is that a lot of students just didn't, weren't available to move to Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of like an area in decline in some respects in some towns around Jackson, there's plenty of areas in, in the incline. But in any case, and so we really shifted this online model in order to meet our glo- the needs of our global students. We have a lot of students in Africa, South America, Haiti, Mexico. And so we've been really big on the correspondence thing, uh, even before online learning really went went mm. bonkers. And so um, our goal is to be able to offer the best programming in that way that does, it, that, that does its best to still reap the greatest benefits of theological training being intimate and personal through a virtual environment. And that's sometimes hard to pull off. Uh, but I think we're ahead of the curve on that. So we want to keep growing and be ahead of the curve on that. Another um, vision that we have, and in fact, it's, it's not... Vision anymore, it's actually happening. Is we're starting an undergraduate program. Okay. About a third of the calls we receive, yeah, from our prospective students. They're junior college graduates, associate's degrees, um, or a lot of the homeschool groups uh, that, you know, uh, that really want a conservative theological training or college training. Uh, from great faculty, academically credentialed, but classical and orthodox in their Christian thinking, yeah. uh, they say, "Hey, can do you all have an undergrad program where I can do a bachelor's or turn my associates into a bachelor's?" And and so we decided to go ahead and try this. And so we're starting a first cohort fall twenty twenty one, and uh, we're excited about that. We wow. our enrollment team is projecting a yeah a really good first sized inaugural class. And uh, we've already started the accreditation process with the AB, with ABHE, it's Association of Biblical Higher Education, which is the, the common one there. Um, and we will have that accreditation because we get what's called advanced standing or an accelerated track because we're already accredited by okay. ATS. But in any case, um, we're really excited about that um, because there, there's a couple of classical Christian... Bible colleges out there that have arose to meet this need among this particular uh, group of students or constituents, Um, but they're all Calvinist. And we love our Calvinist brothers, but that's just not our theological persuasion. And it's a big deal. It makes a difference in how we approach theology, how we approach the Bible, how we approach fellowship, ministry, all those things. And the kingdom needs all of us, right? Right, right. And so we want to try to respond to that need for the Wesleyan-Arminian constituency to say, can we provide that classical Christian education and ministry training? For those who may not have the academic, not the academic back, background, but may not have the, um, may not want to be a traditional student at your say Asbury College, um, you know Wheaton, Indiana Wesleyan, Taylor, right. um, they may not be that flexible, or may not have the finances to go and move to a campus. And so, our goal is to try to make as much of that sort of training available to someone called the ministry, uh, in a non-traditional way, affordable.
1: So it's not liberal arts. arts. It's like not a liberal arts education, but almost like a ministry kind of slant to, um, or or is it maybe it will be a liberal arts.
2: It's in the middle. So it's not full liberal arts and it's not full ministry. Um, it's, uh, shamefully, I don't know exactly the, the ratios in terms of content. Um, There's some liberal arts stuff in there, but it's not like a full hundred credit hours of 120. Yeah. Um, I think it's more like 60 credit hours of the 120. Um, So it is heavier on the ministry training stuff, the Bible, the theology, et cetera. Um, But there, there is some like math for organizational leadership, psychology, sociology, leadership, um, American history, American civilization, Western classics, that kind of stuff. So they will get, uh, some of that liberal arts stuff, but it's not as heavy as, say, as you would get at an Asbury College sure, or Asbury sure. University. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: Well, we're both Asbury College graduates. It's hard to it's that's hard right. to make the that switch right. when you're not there. Yep. Uh, yep. That's great. Well, it's, it's so interesting to hear like sometimes happen. Now, let me uh, let me push you a little bit, and this is like maybe maybe a little uncomfortable. Um, just being in the um, evangelical Wesleyan world, uh, it, sure, it means I like i been I'm uh, acquainted with some of the. Uh, Not just I wouldn't say rumor, but the narrative that's out there of what's happened with the institution. I think people generally have had such a high regard for the faculty at WBS, but it seemed like uh, less uh, like eight to ten years ago there was like a sense that maybe Wesley might be going away. And I know like this was after Ron Smith, who's really well known in the community, um, went on to another things and. Uh, I just, I mean, that was a Bill Urey went on to, uh, lead a church and I was just wondering what was happening. Like what was, so t- talking about that, if you don't mind, and just tell me like wh- how God used that. Obviously you're here and you're like thriving. You've even, yeah. Um, so talk to me about that.
2: Yeah. Andy, uh, thank you for asking. It's not uncomfortable at all. And, um, yeah, for a lot of different reasons, it's not uncomfortable, but I'd I'd be glad to address it. And a lot of this I've learned, you know, since coming in because, um, I graduated before the crisis is kind of how we refer to it. And it was really like a 2012, 13, uh, is really when the crisis I think was at its worst. And I graduated just before that. So, um, it was really, it wasn't a financial crisis and it wasn't a moil, excuse me. It wasn't a, um, theological crisis. Okay. It wasn't a, mor- a moral scandal, you know, crisis. It was strictly finances was the issue. And, um, they just had a ton They we WBS had a lot of overhead, um, 150,000 square foot building, Wow. Um, which was costing them. Yeah. 150,000. Yeah,
1: yeah. Salvation Army friends. That's, I, a, yeah. that's the size of a croc center and a half.
2: Okay. <laughs> so you didn't have, there, there, there you go. So
1: so how many students did yeah, you actually, have had at that time? We didn't
2: build. It, oh man, it, it got down to like six at one point. So six students and, in a uh, hundred fifty
1: thousand square foot building—that's
2: a problem. I think there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge problem. So, um, and you know, there were other issues at play there. Well, why weren't you rec- recruiting more students and all that? And and leadership transition and change is a part of it. The economic crisis right. um, was was some of that too. And so. Um, Yeah. And and I don't know all the details because it's kind of water under a bridge at this point, but I can huge building way overextended in that sense. Um, I I think there was a mentality. And again, uh, I would love for people who may know better in the, in the narrative um, to correct this, but there was this mentality of traditional seminary. If you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. So what you, what you need is the big building. What you need is, you know, this department with five team members in that department with five team members and you need the library of the size. And and so if we just kind of put all that stuff in place, then our students will come and and they just didn't come. Um, Some of them came, but they were coming online. And so we had all this, you know, this uh, physical footprint overhead to pay for, and it wasn't just not being used. And then the crisis of 2008, which really impacted, because Western Biblical Seminary is a relatively new school founded in 74. Yeah. Um, and so not having the you know, $100,000 endowment or even $70,000 endowment that other schools have um, to sustain them through those times. And so just burning through a lot of money, not because of bad management. Mm -hmm. just because of the model that they were using the strategy for fulfilling their institutional mission and so um the school did in fact almost close but the board of trustees decided to go ahead and try and and recruited a a new leader and and um eventually got john nyhoff who did a great job along with the team here rob pokai chris lorstorfer of saying hey what's got to go and what needs to stay you know we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of we need to remember who we are, but what makes us who we are and anything that, that we don't need to make us who we are, we're going to get rid of. And that includes, you know, it, they had to go through the library. They had to, in, some of the outdated stuff. They had to get out of the building, got a new look. Now we're in a building in 9,000 square feet, um, which is a huge, 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 huge difference. Um, you know, and that required, you know, furniture and 150,000 square foot building had to liquidate all that stuff, you know, and, and liquidate other properties that we had from uh, other campus moves. And so um, we just had to be more diligent about the finances and and getting leaner and and but all the while not forgetting who we are and why we existed and then investing in this fully invest invested in this new asynchronous online learning format. And, uh, and that worked yeah praise the Lord sure. it worked and so a- after just being really really uh, careful and and making hard decisions cutting the budget liquidating things uh, they came out of the woods and wow. today we have no debt we have no debts we have a bit of a cash reserve on hand the endowment uh, is there it's small uh, but it's growing and we have a good plan for growing it even further. Enrollment continues to show; uh, it continues to grow every single semester, and it's a sustained trend of enrollment growth. We're up to nearly three hundred students now. Wow! Um, and we're operating a number of different programs, and so um, yeah.
1: And you so also have went you. That. You and I've had a few yeah. conversations because we, we brought you here to Tampa to speak at our congregation, so some of our folks will know you through that. Yeah. Um, it's it's something that is interesting because it's like you haven't had like a diversity plan. You didn't come in and say, we, we have this diversity goal. But uh, you told me, correct me if I'm wrong, that ATS, the Association of Theological Schools, uh, after your recent accreditation, you said you've been um, accredited for 10 more years. They told you that you're the most diverse seminary in the country. Is that correct?
2: Yep, that's right. That's right. And without even trying, I mean, <laughs> it just, and a lot a lot of it, if not all of it, Well, I'd say attribute it to two things. One is just that we're in Jackson, Mississippi, right? I mean, it's just the demographics of our area. And so we have a lot of African-American students. Uh, And then we have what's called the shepherd project, uh, shepherd program, shepherd project, excuse me, uh, which allows for people from the majority of the world to enroll in seminary um, without having to pay tuition. And we accept a limited number of students per year, but that sends us a lot of folks from Africa. Like I said, Africa, South America, Latin America, uh, Haiti, Japan, and so so back up, between we have the a lot of Project. friends
1: listening um, in that, those parts of the world. It's amazing to me to uh, find out where folks are listening. So you're, you're saying you have like a free tuition program. You're the free seminary guy. Okay. So you have a free tuition yeah. program <laughs> for international students? Yes, like, yes. You, you'll so, like Let's say you'll take 10 students or do something like that or a certain number. Is that right? So people could apply to that program? Yeah, yeah I yeah. think
2: it's uh, absolutely. It's six to eight students a year is what we admit. Okay. Um, And, uh, yeah, yeah, they just apply. And if they're from another country, um, I don't know if there's like a GDP per capita, you know, uh, compliance thing in in the sense of, you know, if you're applying from Singapore or Liechtenstein, you know, some of the wealthiest (laughs) countries in the world, it may not apply. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, but in any case, yeah, all they pay is a holding fee uh, for their, their spot, which I think is a hundred bucks. And then I don't know if they pay a graduation fee or not, but no tuition. They don't pay any tuition, and they don't pay any technology fee. Wow! Um, which are the and technology fee is not that much anyway. So, so yeah, that's right. Wow! So you
1: have uh, it, It's really interesting to hear all these situa- situations you have in place for future and and how you've just become diverse by. And this is like what I I hope for Salvation Army churches is that when where we should look like our community. Uh, we should like be serving yeah, right, the community. Right. And that's what's happening for you. Uh, and yeah, like it's that's why I'm not critical of um, of a salvation army corps in Quincy, Illinois, um, if there's yeah. not much diversity, diversity. There's not diversity in their community. So you can only get on to them so much uh, for, for that. But like so but 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 for you, you'd almost be abandoning your community if you weren't diverse. Like you would be you wouldn't be doing what uh, God is calling you to do so I love that I and mean, I, think, I think it's something that maybe people would say oh I mean you've said the word conservative a fair amount and and, and you generally are meaning theological conservatism and that's right. um, yep. but I imagine that, that often parallels some forms of conservatism within like how government functions too but that's not, necessar- not necessarily true but what I'm suggesting is like often it's conservative theology um, evangelical world is thought of as well You know, they're not, they're, they're racist or they're not as interested in in, um, serving the world. So I, I love hearing that. And it's, I think it's just the gospel uh, and the Holy Spirit leading the school to do what it's done. Yeah.
2: That's it. I couldn't agree more with your observations. And yes, when I say conservative, I mean theological, theologically conservative, meaning that we affirm Orthodox Christianity as stated in the historic creeds and councils. And then, in addition to that, the inerrancy of Scripture—that Scripture is what it says about itself—in Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, that it's God breathed. And so, so yeah, on that. And then, additionally, uh, so. Mississippi has this reputation of being racist and I have not experienced this. And I've seen racism at its best, having lived in Haiti, having lived in New Jersey. And, and I'm not saying people in New Jersey are racist or people in Haiti are racist. I'm just saying I've been around and I've seen it. And this is one of the most integrated and not racist places I've ever seen. And I don't know if that's because of the crisis that they went through during the civil rights era that, that made them be ahead of the curve, but you know, it's, it's incredible. And it's, such a blessing, not just in our student body, um, on our board. There's just so much diversity even on our board, and we're serving, you know, the historic Black Protestant evangelical um, uh, denominations of the Deep South. So, we're serving students from what's called the African Methodist Episcopal Church, AME, and then the African Methodist Episcopal Zion, which is an offshoot. We're also serving the Holiness Church of USA, which is an African-American group. We're serving uh, Missionary Baptists, um, which is a little bit, uh, some people may not know the history of Missionary Baptist, but it's primarily a black denomination here in the Deep South, and uh, and it's incredible. And we've not just have pastors, but we have bishops and district superintendents and board members and. And so, so yeah, it's just, it's a rich, rich place. Let me hit on ministry. something like that.
1: And that's beautiful. Yeah. But you talk about the denominations you serve and I'm just going to pull out one of those other tough things from the, uh, the narrative that's out there on Wesley. And I think this yeah. is changing yeah, sure. is that, you know, you haven't been approved by the United Methodist church and, um, for, for a yep. while, like as a, as far as there, like, if a United Methodist wanted to come to Wesley biblical They could come for two years, but then they have to transfer to an approved seminary. Um, Obviously, Methodism is changing, and my my in-laws are very involved in that via the South Georgia Conference. And, I mean, very soon here, there'll be at least two different denominations, uh, progressive and evangelical denomination. Um, Does that position you at WBS differently?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, in fact— We had, as you mentioned, most recently got our 10-year accreditation affirmation, uh, which, by the way, for listeners, that's a sign of good health. You know, 10 years is the maximum they give. And if they're saying you're good for 10 years, that means you're on solid footing. But in any case, in that process, our examiners, who know all the seminaries, these are guys that work for ATS that know their constituents, they said, and this is a a paraphrase, um, when this change happens within the United Methodism, and there's a harder line drawn between the conservatives and, let's say, the liberals, for lack of a better term, you know, theologically liberal. Um, they said that we can only think of two seminaries that conservative Methodists could go to, hmm. Asbury Seminary and Wesley Biblical. Wow. And they they asked us the question, are you ready for a huge surge in enrollment? Wow. because we, because we think you're going to get it. Okay. And so granted, it's not their decision, right, uh, right. whatever powers that be, whether it's the Wesley covenant association or some other form uh, you know, we know that's all kind of in the works and, and to be determined as far as I know um, COVID has really delayed uh, that process. Right. 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 Um, but you know, we have reached out to those groups and said, we would love to be a part of um, training your future pastors. We align with you theologically we align with you in terms of not just theological orientation, but priority of scripture. Yeah, and uh, and we exist here in the deep south, and there's only two accredited seminaries in Mississippi. It's us and Reformed Theological, right? And uh, and there's not a lot of um, conservative Wesleyan schools that I know of in right, the deep sure. South.
1: And, and generally, so and like when there are even conservative Wesleyan seminaries, they're connected to a denomination. So for instance, you, you mentioned our friends, yes, and Joseph and Chris Bounds, who I serve on the Francis Asbury Society board with them. That's how I know them. Yep. Um. Yep. Well, that school. That school. Even though I'm sorry for its name because it probably gets confused with you. And there's also it Wesley does, Theological yeah. Seminary, which is a that's right you know, it has some conservative right. faculty, but is a more liberal school in Washington D.C. But Wesley Seminary in Amarian serves the Wesleyan church. You have Nazarene seminaries, um, uh, other yep. schools, um, uh, other universities that might have master's programs, but generally they're connected to a specific denomination. So it's really, am I cor- uh, correct, that it's only Asbury Theological Seminary and Wesley Biblical Seminary that are unaffiliated uh, or non denominational? In that sense,
2: that's what I that's what I understand. Yeah, um, and and this is a bit of a learning curve for me because I've been in Haiti for thirteen right. years. And while you know having the skill set of knowing how to be a you know president and running a school and development and all that stuff, um, I'm still very much learning. You know, kind of like where we're situated among our peers in the market of seminaries. But that's what I understand. And and I will emphasize that we're a biblical seminary as opposed to a theological seminary. Okay, and. Now, this is not true of Asbury Seminary, Asbury Theological, but typically a theological seminary is owned by, operated by, supported by a sponsoring denomination. Hmm. And and one reason why biblical is a part of our name is to to kind of flag, put a flag up to the point that we are not um, strictly aligned to a particular denomination, what we're committed to it as is indicative in our name, Wesley biblical is the message of holiness and the authority of scripture. And, uh, and so, you know, we find that on the one hand, it's a disadvantage, uh, you know, because, uh, denomination sponsored school have feeder systems that get them students constantly for people who are called the ministry and ordination. But on the other hand, it's a huge advantage Because, um, well, for a lot of different reasons, but just the priority of scripture, a lot of times that's what people want in some denominations that that's what they care about is the priority of scripture right sure and so if if, if that's what we're known for then that's going to give us I, I think a head up on on some of the competitors and competitors not the right word. yeah 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 i gotcha it's it's for the lack of we're not competing in the kingdom right right um it's just kind of the lack of, of a better word for to describe the, the situation
1: so if, if asbury theological seminary and you know my f- friend tim Tennant, who's who leads that school and you know I, I went there so if they had all the students they could handle and if you had all the students you could handle, uh,
2: that's a great thing for the kingdom. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and I've heard it put this way too. And this is a good statement that, you know, God has an, an Asbury Theological Seminary. He's got one of those already. He doesn't need two of them. Right, you know, he sure. needs a Wesley Biblical Seminary. So uh, and that, meaning that we're both distinct and we complement each other. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And listen, just by virtue of where we are in the world as a, I, I think one thing as evangelicals, I'm talking about theology for a moment here, is is that we tend to, um, let's say, neglect the implications of incarnational theology. Mm. Um, and I think incarnational theology is essential for understanding reality and how we relate to it and who we are as humans. And where we are geographically here in the Jackson Metro area makes us very distinct. Yeah, Very, very distinct. And anyone who's been a cross-cultural missionary, who's been hey, just listen the COVID thing, not being able to sit down with your small group and share a cup of coffee right. and the restrictions we've had on physical contact, I think attests to, um, I think some of the neglected importance of prox- geographic proximity in the world. And so, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to close this off here, but I, I would love to have yeah. it. W- I had some questions about the Psalms and uh, learned from <laughs> you on that. But I think uh, you teach... Uh, Free courses as well, even before you had free seminary. Um, like you taught a class on the Psalms last last fall, right? That is yeah, very
2: brief, very brief course. Uh, well, the free course was a brief version, and okay. then I called a I, I taught a full blown course uh, that people could audit, and there's a two hundred and fifty dollar audit fee. Okay, um, so you get, um, to, you get to sit in the class, you know, do the work if you want, and ask questions, all that stuff. Right now, I'm teaching an audit-only course on the Holy Spirit, which has been a lot of fun.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad you you get to teach. Well, Matt, thank you for your time. We're excited to hear what's happening at Wesley Biblical Seminary, and we're thankful that God's put you in this place with your family um, and giving you the experiences you've had so that you can lead it into this bright future. Um, So thanks so much for taking time with me.
2: Thank you. And, uh, we're so grateful for you and Abby and the kids and what you're doing at Salvation Army. And, uh, it's, I'm proud to be your friend and coworker and, uh, know that you're prayed for and that we think of you very, very often. And, uh, we love you guys. All right, God bless you, Matt.
0: Next week on the podcast, we have Dr. Janet Dean, professor of psychology at Asbury University. If you'd like to learn more about the Salvation Army of Tampa, check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at Sal Army tampa. And of course, go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.